With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. episode of Weekend Sports Huddle. Tom Pollard in your host chair today. And, well, what are we going to talk about? I don't think anything's been happening this week. Oh, right. The <laughs> NFL draft. All right. We got a ton of draft stuff here to talk about, uh, especially with our Bears and Steelers. Bears net three projected week one starters out of the first two days of the draft, out of the first two rounds of the draft. Um, and nobody actually saw that coming, the way the Bears, you know, how short they were at draft picks. But the Steelers reached deep, deep, deep down their draft board for their first-round pick, and uh, Hunter and Dave are going to have some fun with that. And we'll also finish by sliding over to the NHL, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Can the Washington Capitals ever get the Penguins out of their head? Um it just seems like a blockage for uh, the Capitals, and I don't know if they're ever going to beat the Penguins. We want to uh, invite our audience to join in the conversation. Give us a call, 516-387-1417, or you could tweet us on our Twitter handle, WKD Sports Huddle. And I'm going to bring in my co-host now. In one corner from the great state of Virginia. Yeah, I got it right this time, Hunter. Hunter Hodes. About time. There you go, Tom. How are you? <laughs> Doing all right. What's happening? Other than Nothing the fact that you're going to get your butt kicked later today. Oh, yeah. You mean like you guys are going to get your butts kicked? I, I'm, I can't wait for this. I'm finally going to win a debate. It's a beautiful day here in Virginia. I only have one more week down here. I go home. Oh, wow. Okay. Sounds like fun. And on the other side, in the other corner, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, our producer, most of the time co-host, or I mean, uh, the host, Dave. (laughs) Welcome, Dave. Get us going. How you how you guys doing? Doing well today down here in Atlanta. I'm doing fantastic. The Bears are going to win the Super Bowl next year. Oh, okay. Here it starts. I, I like yeah. the, I like the enthusiasm though. I like the enthusiasm. And Hunter, Tom just loved his picks. I I like them too. Much better than yep. the Steelers well, picks. I'll say that. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to get to the Steelers pick. We're going to open with the team that really kicked it on uh, the first two days down in Dallas. Of course, this show is brought to you by author Marco Sacchio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe. That will guide you toward wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. Chicago Bears. Uh, First round, number eight. Uh, selected Roquan Smith, inside linebacker from Georgia. Uh, second round, uh, with their with the they own, they picked uh, selected center James Daniels and uh, traded back into the second round to pick up wide receiver Anthony Miller. So, and uh, the Bears are really taking a lot of uh, 
a lot of praise from uh, the football world for what they were able to do. Uh, the thing is, many Bears fans were, before the draft, had their mouths watering for either Notre Dame guard Quentin Nelson uh, of Notre Dame or NC State's uh, defensive end Bradley Chubb. But, I mean, anybody who knew Tom, can you hear us? Yeah, Tom, where are you? Seems like we're having technical difficulties. Tom, you there? I guess we lost Tom. I think Tom was beginning to ask us a question, Hunter, about uh, you know Quentin Nelson mm-hmm. and Bradley Chubb. We we talked about them last week and potentially dropping mm-hmm. number eight if a bunch of quarterbacks went in the top 10 and we got a bunch of quarterbacks in the top 10, but Chubb and Nelson did not fall far enough to the bears at number eight, but uh, the bears got the next best alternative to those guys. And and some people even had Smith higher than, than Nelson and, and Chubb on their draft boards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chubb, Chubb and um, Quentin Nelson were never going to make it down there. Um, I always thought um, potentially Cleveland was going to take, um, one of them, but you know Denver to actually took Chubb because you know you can never have enough uh, defensive ends on, on on Denver, especially where they line up. But yeah, um, they were they were he, he was never going to make it down there. But they took their best player. They took their um, best player. But I think it's going to work out pretty well for them. Yeah, I think so too. And hopefully we get Tom back soon so that we can hear. Uh, him gush about the pick because he's obviously very excited about the Bears' last two nights. Um, let's let's quickly hit on the the Browns' decision not to take either Chubb or Nelson, and they went with Denzel Ward, the cornerback. Did that surprise you at all, Hunter, at number four? Yeah, it actually did. I thought they were actually going to take Chubb. Um, I think the first overall pick they surprised me too. I thought actually they were going to go Sam Darnold. My friend, um, who's a Browns fan, um, was betting people that for like about a month that they were going to take Donald and he tweeted that he's been clearing out his PayPal today because he's had to pay people that he bet. So, <laughs> Yeah. I guess I should bring that up first, even before the ward. I think he's the, pretty, the Denzel he's, Ward pick was, pretty, was more surprising, yeah. but uh, yeah, Baker yeah. Mayfield was surprised as well. Yeah. he He's actually pretty upset that they took Baker Mayfield. He's not sure if he'll work out long-term. He thought Donald was the uh, more sure thing, but you know, when he went to the Jets, and um, you know he's get um, Donald should start next year. I don't see why they would start someone like freaking Josh McCown. So um, yeah, that, that that'll that'll be fun. Um, and then you know a lot of people think the Giants screwed up too by taking Saquon number two. They didn't take a quarterback because Eli because Eli even though Eli Manning's thirty seven, but you know I guess they I guess they want another playmaker for Odell Beckham, but. Yeah, the Browns' uh, fourth overall pick was definitely a, a surprise. I did not see them taking a corner that early. But he'll have to guard Antonio Browns. So that's going to be fun. No, I don't think anybody did. I think a lot of people thought they would take Bradley Chubb. And then, Tom. Uh, Hi, Tom. Hey. I, you know, my microphone is just going crap on me. It's an expensive microphone, too. Really frustrating. But. I am back. I phoned in. I've got bored uh, via phone. So, um, you know, the thing okay, that got me about the Browns taking Baker Mayfield number one is that so many people were surprised by it. Um, I think they got it a hell of a quarterback. It was rumored for a couple days, but no one knew what was happening. I thought I, I thought they were going to take Donald, but. Um, I was telling Dave, my friend, who's a Browns fan, made a bet with so many people that they would take Donald for about like a month, and he said he he's been clearing out his PayPal for like the past couple of days. So it's it's yeah. kind of a funny day for him. He was pretty he's actually he was actually pretty upset with the pick. He he wanted Donald a lot more. I don't understand yeah, that. Go ahead. I, 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 I think Tom agrees. I I don't understand why uh, Donald is the can, definitely better than than Mayfield. 
Um, it doesn't mean well, Mayfield is going to work out because because the Browns haven't exactly had a great track record developing uh, quarterbacks, but uh, the Jets haven't either with Darnold. So mm-hmm. um, both are landing in kind of tough places uh, for quarterbacks anyway. And uh, I, I think Mayfield is, is the the player I would want over uh, over Darnold. Yeah, I mean, I think the Browns did great uh, with their first pick. I mean, I thought they could have – I thought Chubb would work for them at their second pick. But, you know, um, they all worked. Not a bad – They the Browns were one of the top team in the NFL last year uh, against the run as far as uh, yards per attempt. So – Seeing them take a corner maybe shouldn't be a surprising either uh, to, to people mm-hmm. because they do have a lot of strength up front, and and one of the keys of their defense is, is uh, strengthening up the secondary. Yeah, that, that's the argument against taking Chubb for the Browns. They they took Miles Garrett last year. Um, they have other defensive ends they're they're confident in. Um, the argument against that, though, is they took a defensive end later on in the draft uh, yesterday. So um, <laughs> I, I think yeah. Chubb, Chubb was the best overall player, and, and we're going to hit upon this a lot in this show. When possible, you take the best overall player, and I think an 0-16 team cannot just draft needs. They need to take the best overall player. The Broncos did it. Right. They need, Broncos need a quarterback. They still went best overall player, and they strengthened a strength the pass rush. And I think that was a smart move because Chubb was the best player. Well, speaking of getting the best players, we're going to move over to the bears. Uh, of course, um, <laughs> I'm hosting. What a transition. And I can turn your mics off anytime I want to. So other than oh. that, <laughs> um, right, Roquan Smith. About your bears. Uh, the 2017 Dick Buckus Award winner uh, now is going to become the Chicago. Chicago, the cradle of linebackers. Uh, from Bill George, Dick Buckus, Mike Singletary, Brian Erlacher, hey, Roquan Smith. You know, here's the next one. <laughs> Guy stepping oh. in. It's kind of like how the Yankees used to do it. You know, they had Babe Ruth. And DiMaggio mm. took over. The Mantle took over. You, you just keep generating those those Hall of Fame players at at the you position. You forgot Roger Maris. So, uh, Roger what? Maris you was didn't... not a real leader of those Yankees teams. He was. Yeah, he didn't come good. up with the Yankees. He's not a no. Hall of Famer. Still a good player. Um, He's not Mickey Mantle. Not Mickey Mantle. <laughs> Um, one home run, baby. I love that movie. That was one season. He had one. He had two good seasons, sixty and sixty-one. He won the MVPs those years. Mantle had a much better career. No, I know. Yep. I know. I, I was just giving you a hard time. But Bears <laughs> okay. um, have him uh, slotted to play inside linebacker uh, with Danny Trevathan, mm. which is going to be a, a monster inside team against the run. I expected to be a four-down linebacker basically because of his coverage skills. Um, not only great at sniffing out plays, does not get fooled by plays very much uh, by misdirection. So that, that's one of the other strengths that really stands out for him. Um, someone who can drop back in the pass coverage, but can also recognize when the screen's being set up and, and blow up the screen. So, you know, this is, you know, a lot of upside on this guy. Definitely, you know, a day one starter right now, the way he looks. And I think he's only going to get better. Uh, for you, Dave, you're living down in Georgia, and the line, uh, Smith does come from uh, University of Georgia. So was he on your radar, radar before the draft? Um, not as much as the ACC guys because that's who I cover and, and uh, read about on a daily basis. But uh, he's definitely a name that came up a lot in, in the office. There's Georgia fans where I work, and a lot of uh, our uh, coverage is SEC dominant. So, and he was one of the 
top rated players coming from the SEC, top defensive player on uh, the, the SEC champions last season. Alabama did not win the SEC. Georgia did. So, uh, and they had an awesome defense, and, and Smith was a big reason why. Uh, he had a very good 2016, great 2017. And when I read the draft grades, um, look, uh, you can you got to take draft grades with a grain of salt, kind of the same way that you take mock drafts with a grain of salt. But uh, when you read multiple draft grades and every one of them is an A for, for the Bears taking Smith, uh, you know that it was a slam dunk pick. Uh, and to me, uh, he's a little undersized. That's, that's the, the caveat with him. But to me, he, he seems like the perfect modern-day linebacker in, in the NFL. Very athletic, intelligent, covers very well. It's a passing league now. He doesn't have to come off the field on third down. Across the board, uh, he was the best player available at eight, and, and he fills a need for the Bears. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, an ideal number one pick. And we talk about, you know, best player available. He was the best player available. And that's something that um, Ryan Chase hasn't always done with the Chicago Bears. Uh, his first draft, he took Kevin White at number six, a wide receiver. But a wide receiver who had only played the position one year, did not know the route tree, uh, was gonna, had a high ceiling, but was going to have to learn quite a bit to become a competitive uh, NFL wide receiver and, you know, passed on, on a lot of better choices. And see, this, this is the problem is once you miss, you miss in the draft, and we're going to get to this in a little bit, um, if you're just taking a guy because he's athletic and has a high ceiling, but you don't know if he can play football. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Being a great athlete and being a great football player are two different things. Um, right. Sometimes athletes don't have the right reactions, don't have the right game intelligence to actually be successful on the field. And Roquan Smith has both. So, you know, it, it was a great, great first pick for the Bears. I was thrilled with it. Um and then day two, they really came out big. Um, started out with their own kick. They got, um, uh, let's see, James Daniels, center out of Iowa. And Daniels gives them a lot of versatility. And I've always said if you want interior linemen, you come to the Midwest. Uh, <laughs> and Iowa and Nebraska are two schools that have always provided Pro Bowl caliber linemen. Um, you know, you get those those big corn fed guys and and plug them into your interior line and just let them let them play for eight to ten years. So yeah, I guess the Steelers uh, bucked the curve with that because they found some interior linemen from from Florida and Stanford that have been very successful. But yeah, you're you're right. It, it seems like they just grow offensive linemen in, in that part of the country. Um, and I really loved the, the James Daniels pick. Uh, as great as Smith was uh, picking him at eight, I thought Daniels was maybe even better, quite honestly. He, 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 in some mock drafts, he was a first-round pick. So the Bears get him uh, early second round. Um, and, and the versatility that you hit on is, is the key. He can play center. He can play uh, guard, either guard position. But I think he'll slot in at center right away, and then they can move um, their starting center from last year, who was more of a natural guard. Um, his name is slipping me. If you can help me out there, Tom. Who's, who was their starting <laughs> guard, uh, center? Cody Whitehair. Cody Whitehair. Cody Whitehair. Uh, Whitehair. Who did he have to, to actually slide over to guard because Josh Sitton kept, you know, was not consistently in the lineup. So Cody Whitehair right. did play a lot of guard last year was actually drafted as a guard who could also play center and made the Pro Bowl as a center in his rookie season. But, uh, yeah, he's more of a natural guard. So, but, you know, you can do either way. You can keep Cody White here in center and have Daniels at guard because he's athletic enough. Um, mm-hmm. he, at the combine, he did the three-cone drill in 7.29 seconds, 20-yard shuttle in 4.4 seconds. Uh, so a lot of athletic ability, 
uh, a first center. And uh, so, you know, it, it's not like you could be stuck at center if, if you need it. You know, if you need them, you can pretty well, you know, you got your choice. You got a lot of versatility in the interior line all of a sudden. So, you know, definitely a strength. Um, so you, and I'm you sure, have to love that. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm sure there were Bears fans hoping to get more weapons for, for the young quarterback, and they did do that with their third pick. But um, – you got to have the offensive line in front of the quarterback and and, yep. and establish that running game in order for for uh, Mitch Trubisky to really have success. So uh, they, I, I love the Daniels pick, I really do. Uh, and then they they got but, a weapon for the young quarterback after that. Yeah. Well, one more thing about Daniels: uh, two centers taken ahead of him, uh, Frank Ragnow, Billy Price, but on the NFL. Uh, draft board at the position of center, uh, Daniels was actually rated number one by, by NFL.com. So, again, you not only got a position of need, you got the best player on the board. Um, yeah. and, and that's, again, that that's the key. And then, you know, surprisingly, you know, a lot of fans didn't expect the Bears to do this. And a lot of fans are I think this has caused the most um, controversy among fans is that they gave away their number two and last uh, for next year, gave away their number four pick to come back into the second round and grab uh, Memphis wide receiver Anthony Miller. But I think that was a fantastic move. You know, yeah, I mean, people criticized Case last year for drafting for – trading what he did to move up to get Mitch Trubisky. You know, you you take his draft as it comes. I mean, the Bears don't have a second-round pick next year, but now they do have some depth at three key positions, and there's no reason you can't trade back into the second round next year. I mean, Mm -hmm. each draft is its own entity, basically. Um, and, And you worry about what you can get this season, and the Bears picked up not only the three best players at the board, but three projected starters. That's, that's quite a haul for any team on the first two days of the draft. Absolutely. And, and if you want to create more picks next season, you can always trade back out of the first round or back in the first right. round and pick up extra picks uh, if you don't want to trade up again in the second round next year. So, yeah, I, I absolutely agree that um, – it's pretty much an A so far for the Bears. Maybe I'll give it an A minus just so that it's not perfect. Um, but uh, it just—it really was impressive what the Bears were able to pull off in the first two days. Well, I don't necessarily grade on on the players per se. I, I do my grades on draft day have more to do with what the general manager did and basically how he reacted, how he was able to get players, um, who he took as far as how they were rated. But, yeah, you can't mm-hmm. – you're never going to be able to grade this for a couple of years. But I think Case has done a great job of getting the best players he could get uh, with the picks that he had. So, yeah, I, you know, I do give uh, uh, Ryan Case an A. And, you know, the thing about Miller, even late in the second round – uh, is considered highly knowledgeable about the route tree and can run every route. So this is a guy who can, again, um, play, you know, day one, line up in the slot. He has deep speed, excellent hands, and great reaction to the football. So I'm, I'm definitely excited about what the Bears have been able to do. Um, we're coming for you guys. Uh well, the Bears won the AFC North last year, so uh, now it's time to take over the NFC North. Oh man, Tom's got to hey. be a Tom's got to be a a Ron, a a Ron Rogers. Yeah, don't worry about that. That's coming. <laughs> yeah, we we got that covered. Hey, the Bears are going to be picking number thirty-two in the first round next year. Oh. <laughs> 
Oh, All right, we're gonna, now I know the Bears are going to go like 6-10 and 10 next year. No, 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 no. At least 8-8. Eight eight. Huh. I actually, I give them prize if they contend for a playoff spot next year. Oh, man. Um, okay. I think hey, they contend. I think they're ready to contend. Tom's going bold. Uh, with, what they, right. with what they've done in free agency and what they've done so far in the draft, uh, like today's the day they start to draft at noon. Now today is the day where you can you can draft some of those projects. Uh, you can draft some of those guys with the high ceiling, and hopefully come down with with somebody who's going to contribute to the team, build depth on your team. But we're going to take our first break, and then uh, we're going to go into the Steelers' first round and uh, first couple of days. Uh, Dave and Hunter will tell you what they think about the Steelers' first round. And this should be a lot of fun, folks. So stick (laughs) around if you want to join us. Give us a call, 516-387-1417. WRSP's Weekend Sports Huddle. Be right back. Are you looking for a fun and creative way to enjoy fitness? Whether for health, wellness, or as a hobby, Katie Sunshine Hoops is the answer. Affordable, custom-made by-hand hula hoops, fitness hoops, art pieces, hoop dancing videos, and advice are available at www.katiesunshinehoops.com. And we're back on WRSP's Weekend Sports Huddle. This is Tom Pollan, along with Hunter Hodes and Dave Holcomb. This show is brought to you by author Mark Rosacchio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe Universe that will guide you toward wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. Pittsburgh Steelers uh, sing at number 28. Had a lot of players to choose from, a lot of good, solid uh, you know, potential starters to choose from. Dip deep into the draft board, a lot deeper than... You know, a lot of experts say they had to dip to get a safety. Uh, um, so, Terrell Edmonds, and we all know why Hunter loves that pick, because uh, Terrell Edmonds comes out of Virginia Tech, uh, the Hokie. But I'm going to let Dave start out this argument, and uh, I will moderate, but I spent a lot of the first part of the show talking. Boy, Dave and Hunter, Dave, go get it to him. Give it to him. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Tom has, has hinted that, you know, the Steelers have, or didn't hint at it, he said it flat out. The Steelers had to dip deep down the draft board to get Edmund, Edmund the, the second Edmonds. He has a brother, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, who was a also a high upside linebacker that could have went in the top 10 and, and split a little bit. I think he went 16, but his brother Terrell Evans, the safety guys, it was the biggest reach of the first round by any team, maybe the biggest reach of the draft so far. Uh, there's no other way to cut it. Um, you'll have your time Hunter. Um, and, and to me, this, this is, it's, it's time now to call the Steelers out on this. They are developing a very concerning draft pattern to me that we've, talked about on this show i've said it i've definitely said it recently that the steelers always draft the best overall player and i went back to prepare for today and looked at some of the bios of the guys they've recently taken in the first round and guys they're really not the best player available at that time they're high upside guys that are raw um that are better measurables then they are football players, and, and, and they haven't worked out in a lot of cases. And, and that, to me, is very concerning that uh, the Steelers have had this draft, um, draft strategy now for, for three or four years. Um, I'm going to read each bio and not tell you which player it is, and you can guess. Try and guess who it is. Is an ex- this guy is an explosive, powerful athlete with a background in basketball. While he's been productive at Kentucky, his tape doesn't always do his potential justice. Well, you gave it away he- right there. That's Bud Dupree. Okay. Notice the buzzwords. Potential justice. Tape doesn't 
doesn't show up well on tape, but he's a powerful athlete, explosive. Let's go to the next one, 2016. Tape is just average. Betting on the combine with him, and he'll test off the charts. He's got the traits, but he's not ready yet. He's a good kid who has so much to deal with now that his mom has passed away. Well, that's probably Artie Burns. I was never really, really thrilled with that pick, but I think they took the. They were going to take someone else until the Bengals took the guy before him. I was never really happy with that pick. Well, again, well, I don't, you know, this is a guy who's a workout warrior, but, I mean, these guys, and, and Dave, you said it, potential, but you can't draft in the first round on potential. So, yeah, they, had, and, so and for, they had two bad first-round picks. This is Bud Dupree's year he's going to – either actually do something or I'm not, I'm not saying necessarily that these are bad picks. I actually um, – I don't mind Artie Burns that much. I am not an Artie Burns hater like a typical Steelers fan. But at the time, I did not like He's the pick man. because he is a well, raw – he was, he was a raw player. He was a, he was a d- developmental mm. player that they took in the first round. Same with well, Bud Dupree. Like 2018. Let me. Okay, this is this is Edmonds' bio. Mo, Mo Kuyper calls Edmonds' pick at 28 a head scratcher. Physically gifted, but the tape doesn't show. Tape doesn't show a first round player. Todd McShay. The positives he brought up were 4.47 second, uh, 4.47 40-yard dash time, and a 41-inch vertical. Bringing up his measurables. That was the positive. The negative. Concerned he's a better tester right now than a football player. Luke Easterling of DraftWire said, this is a real head-scratcher pick. With safeties like Alabama's Ronnie Harrison and Stanford's Justin Reed still on the board, the Steelers opted for the second Edmonds brother. While he's indeed a big hitter with a physical playing style, Edmonds still has far too many rough edges to smooth out in his game before he's ready to be a quality starter. The Steelers are are in win-now mode, guys. This guy does not help them win now, and he was not the best player at number 28. He is another project that could be great down the road, but Ben Roethlisberger's time is ticking. Artie Burns still isn't great, but Dupree still isn't great, and they've been in the league for three or four years. If it takes Edmonds three or four years to develop, that's too late. Le'Veon Bell's going to be gone. Ben Roethlisberger's going to be retired. I hate this pick. I hate it. Oh my God! But he does help them win now. He's going to play in the no, dying package. Yes, he is. Oh my goodness! Yes, he is. He's playing in the dime next year. Does, does anyone has anyone not watched this kid? I've watched Virginia Tech football ever since Michael Vick played quarterback here in two thousand one. I was such a little kid. This is the best safety to come through this school since Cam Chancellor did, and he went to Seattle. He's going he, long term. He's going to be the starter. Short term, <clears throat> sorry. Um, short term, he's going to play in the dime. He's going to do what William Gay could not do because he was old. He's going to do what Robert Golden could not do because he sucked. He had six interceptions the past two years. One of those years played on an awful, awful so, uh, shoulder injury that he was playing. Yeah, it happened in training camp actually. But was it a reach? Sure. I would have taken someone else. I would have taken Justin Reed. But there was a lot of buzz leading up to this draft. Jason Lockenfora, who I usually don't go to for like a breaking <laughs> insider info, he had a rumor throughout the past few weeks that teams quietly thought Terrell Edmonds was going to go in the first round because they liked him. And what do you know? It, it, it happened. Um Mike Mayock, who you put yesterday, he had Justin Reed at yeah. 61 overall and Terrell Evans at 73. That's a goddamn wash if I've ever heard that. I mean, yeah, I didn't I want them to take Justin, Justin Reed in the first round either. I didn't want Reed yeah, either. And he's, uh, well, I mean, like, those were really the two <laughs> options. They, they weren't going to take either one of them if they had their way. They were going to take Rashawn Evans, and I know that for a fact. They tried to trade up for him. Even Jerry Dulac said yesterday they tried to trade up to him and, and get him, but they couldn't. That's who they were going to take, and that would have been a hell of a pick because. But that but, doesn't but, excuse who they took. And, and, exactly, to the, Steelers, and, and I, to the Steelers, he was their best player left. Just all because, just because you couldn't draft up doesn't mean you settle. You know, 
And, and that's what the Phillies did. They settled. Then what position do you want them to take there? And they should have tried to... harder to. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, they should have tried even harder to trade up. And, and if that wasn't possible, which it sounds like it wasn't, uh, the trade wasn't. that the, the, the Titans traded up with the Patriots, and quite honestly, I think the Steelers probably <laughs> tried to trade with the Patriots, and Bill Belichick said, no, I'm not helping you. I think that, that's probably what happened. And uh, the Tennessee Titans um, traded up and, and got uh, the Evans, the, the linebacker from Alabama, and he was the last real – middle linebacker that they could have had and made an impact immediately for the Steelers. Um, so you, you, I don't think you take Edmonds. You take somebody else. You could have taken Harold Landry. Uh, you could have taken a running back. I would have rather had a running back. Oh, my God. I would have That's rather had Sonny Michelle. No, I would have I'm rather had Sonny Michelle. When you have Le'Veon Bell. Not He's not going to be back? on the team next year. He's not on okay, the team next year. Okay, okay, that's fine. You deal with that in the draft next year. That's fine with me. I don't care. No, you find not if you want to win now. You win now with Le'Veon Bell. That's what you do. You don't worry okay, about Okay, then why do you take Edmonds if you're winning now? If you're winning now, why did because you take Edmonds? Because all of these. I just read, I just read you all of these draft analysis, analyses, and they all say he's not going to help them immediately. Because he's actually going to play. If you read Alex Cozera's Steelers Depot um, thing, which I did, and he, uh, he's probably one of my best Steelers follow, followers, he, he, and other people too, he is going to play the dime next year. And I know It doesn't I mean he'll be good. <laughs> okay. He might play. I mean, like, dude, how much have you actually ready. watched Terrell Edmonds? Have you even watched Terrell Edmonds? I watched Virginia Tech some last year. Okay. I've you watched did, how much every- did you watch just – I mean, I've watched watch some of his highlights. I've watched some of his highlights. They're both very similar players. They're actually both very similar. They both have the same weaknesses. They both have the same strengths. <clears throat> they both have, need the same. And I both, wouldn't have taken either of them at, at number 28. And I wouldn't have taken I would have a freaking taken, running I would have back. Taken, he's not going to hardly yeah, he's I would not have, even gonna hardly play the next year. Player. No, he wasn't. <laughs> wasn't. He wasn't even going to play next year with Le'Veon Bell hogging up all the snaps. That would be a waste. All right, you then can take, take a running back in the later rounds. Take Harold Landry. They had or... no interest in him. They had no interest in him. I, he didn't even bring him in for a visit or go, go to his pro day. Then trade out of the pick. They could have traded they, back they, they and never, taken Edmonds early in the second they, round. They never Why not? That. that would have been a better because strategy. Because they never do that. No, they never do that. So they settled, like Tom said. They settled for a... To them, the worst pick I've ever seen him play, that I've ever seen him take in the first round. Yeah, he might okay. be a good player in three years. Hunter, this is what happens in the first when you, I can't believe this. this. Is, Hunter, this is what happens when you draft on potential. All right, sometimes those guys come through. And Hunter, let me talk now. Sometimes those guys come through, but it's rare. Drafting on potential is a danger. Uh, that's how you start slipping. That's how you fall into the bottom half of the league. Because it's so hard for most of these guys, you miss. They miss on their potential. Okay? You know, they, they show up great at the combine, and, but they, they have average tape. They show that they, they're not good football players. Again, I said, athletes, great athletes don't necessarily make great football players. And, this guy is a good football player, though. Oh, I see God. It all the time. I literally see You see that against college competition. How does that translate to the pros? The problem okay, is, Hunter. That, you can say that about Hunter, 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 Hunter. I'm speaking. All right. The problem is when you miss on these potential draft picks, you have to go into free agency and cover for that. That's, uh-huh. That is potential death for a team. Because you're not getting really star-caliber players in free agency. You're getting other teams' cast-offs. But you've got to fill in with that because at least they're, they're somewhat proven NFL players. But you're not getting the difference maker. You have got to get difference makers if you want to stay a playoff contender. And that's not what the Steelers did here. So if you miss on your first-round pick, if you miss on your second-round pick, 
that you end up paying more money in free agency and you don't get as as many good players in free agency. And that's why this pick was a reach. That's why this pick is you know is a is a failure right now. Now go ahead. You can't and call a pick failure if he hasn't even played. That makes no sense to me. Watch it was play. a reach. It, 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 it down. Okay, that, uh, that's fine. Because I he was not the best player on the board. To the Steelers, he was. That's not to me, but to their board, it was. That's not. They I don't, obviously but they're, they're drafting on potential. They obviously and thought Dave, he was better than they've opened this Dave. argument telling you other picks that the Steelers have taken on potential who have not panned out. And because they don't pan out, because they don't pan out, you've got to cover those holes in free agency. And you've got to cover those holes with lesser players. So that was and two that's, picks. That, and that's all I – it's more than two picks, Hunter. I think you could put Ryan Shazier in that category. Um, oh. You could put Dry Archer in that category. Remember him? He was on the Steelers for a hot minute. Uh, and, and look at like the fourth-rounder they took yesterday. Yesterday. That was the uh, Excuse me, sorry. Third-round pick. Third-round pick. Third-round pick, not fourth. Third. Their fourth yeah. pick is third-rounder. Uh, offensive tackle, I'm not going to be able to say his name, <laughs> from Western Michigan. Uh, Chukawama <laughs> Okafor, is that how you say it? I can't, I, I can't uh, pronounce his name. That pick, was right, even but, stup- that pick was the stupidest pick they've had. It wasn't even close. Okay, let, let me read his bio. Mike Mayock, okay? We all like my, Mike Mayock, right? Okay. This is what Mike Mayock said about him. Six foot six, 320 pounds. Looks the part. Massive frame, long arms. But his tape is underwhelming. You sense a theme here? Yeah. He went on. M- when you look at Mike, this kid, Mike. he's a. Can I finish? I was going to say, he, he, yeah, go ahead. Okay. He he. The rest of his quote. When you look at his this kid, he's a big, square, naturally powerful dude. And when you and you want so much more. The tape is average at best. The question is. Can you light a fire under him? Can he be more consistent because of the abil- because the ability is there? He's got Pro Bowl size and ability, but he did not play that way at the collegiate level. Again, high upside player, but a project. Maybe inconsistent. Well, Mike Munchak went out and said that that pick was a developmental pick, but I thought that was the, the stupidest pick that they had of the four picks because they didn't take an inside linebacker when there's guys like Shaq Griffin out there and. Um, you got the, the the Jules kid from um, what's that? What's uh, um, Iowa or something like that? That is who they. Well, those two players who they should have taken. Mike Munchak even came okay. out at his press conference and said he didn't expect to be there. That was the stupidest pick of the four they've had. At least the first two, they're actually going to get playing time. Mason Rudolph isn't even going to play. He's going to be a backup, and this guy's going to be a backup too. Those were the two head scratcher picks. If you want to. Like for actual playing time, those two right. were like, okay, they don't help next year. Uh, let me ask you this question, and we should move on because I want to talk hockey. Um, other than the fact that Edmonds is going to start because they don't have anybody else to start in the dime package, what's the difference between the tackle and the safety? They both – their descriptions, their bios by draft analysts that we respect – have both called them projects, have they not? What's the difference? Okay. Sure. Well, yeah, well, it, it, the biggest difference, like you said, is that one's going to start and one's going to not to start. And long term, he's, it, this guy's he's not even going to be on their offensive line for at least the next three years. He's going to be a backup. So, uh, <laughs> Gerald Hawkins, what happened to Gerald Hawkins? He's been a backup. They picked him three years ago, right? Two years ago? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he's not he's not playing, is he? The Steelers have the best offensive line, arguably the best offensive line in football. It, it, that's the same thing. This guy's going to be a, a backup. They're just going to develop him. They're going to fix the whole – I'm going to hopefully think Tom Bradley is going to really help Terrell Edmonds because I hated Carnell Lake. He was getting on my nerves. He couldn't develop anyone for garbage except really Ike Taylor and, and Troy and Ryan Clark. So other than that, I mean, you know, you have Tom Bradley who's – I know he's coached at the college level. He hasn't coached the pros yet. You know, see what a new voice can do for him. They're going to fix the holes in in Edmonds' game. His ball skills need to be improved. That's what I saw when I kept watching him at Tech. His angles and you know he bit, he bites on double moves that 
<clears throat> but that's all coachable stuff. But this guy is going to, going to play a starting role longer term, but also in the short term. He can move to either safety position. He can move down and play like a, kind of like a hybrid. He's going to get way more snaps than than this offensive tackle for some reason that they took. That's not even going to help well, him for the next three years. And, and that and that should concern you that Edmonds is going to get so many snaps because he is not the difference maker that they need to win the Super Bowl next year. He's not. Okay, they they, they weren't gonna they weren't gonna find one in the second in the in the set in the secondary anyway because they picked solo. So I mean, like, what are you gonna do? I, don't, I didn't think I would have taken Justin Reed over him, but would he have been the difference maker? No. Harris Smith? No. Jesse Bates? No. There wasn't a lot that there wasn't a lot. Outside of the the first, um, the, you saw the, the first few uh, DBs that got taken. There really wasn't a difference maker for the Steelers in this draft. Well, you like, don't look at one. DBs. You look at other positions too. They weren't going to take a running. Well, regardless of position, you've got to get the best player. They weren't going to take a, a Harold Landry because they they didn't. The Steelers they always take players who one they either had him in for a visit or two they go to his pro day and they have his dinner. They almost never take a, a player when they haven't done that. And Harold Landry was one of them. He was a good player. Okay. Yeah. I, but they, maybe they, they I don't want to go here. Maybe I don't want to go here because this is another can of worms. But Mike Tomlin went out with Lamar Jackson, right? And yes, they ended up taking a quarterback. They ended up taking Mason Rudolph later. Would you have rather they they took Lamar Jackson at number twenty eight uh, instead of having the, having him on the Ravens in the in the division? <laughs> would you rather have had uh, that than Edmonds? No, I would not have taken a quarterback in the first round. I probably would have called Kevin Colbert in like five seconds if he actually did that. That would have been just that would be a waste. You don't take a, a backup quarterback like that in the first round. At least with Mason Rudolph, for the next three years, he would be a backup quarterback, if not. Next year, Roethlisberger is at the point where all quarterbacks start seeing a slip in their skills. So if you, yeah, don't, have Hunter, a quarterback to, if you don't have a quarterback to take over from him, then you are going to start hitting rock bottom a lot faster I, I you mean, are going to they, be the Cleveland Browns in about three or four years. The, the Steelers will never go to the Cleveland Browns level. I think that would be pretty pathetic. They were never going to but, take a quarterback in the first round. I think Mason Rudolph is actually better than – I'll say it right now. I think he's better than a couple of the quarterbacks that went above him. I, I really do. But, you know, they, they waited to the third round. You know, you know, whatever. But it makes it, – it's, you know – I do agree that Mason Rudolph was a good good pick. For they got the best player right there. Um James Washington for their too. their pick. Uh Washington's got a lot of potential too, so you know, I do like kind of what they did there, but you know, you can't miss on your first round picks. Well we will we'll know I, if this I, is a miss in the next few years, won't we? And you can chew me up if I'm wrong. And if you guys are wrong, I'll, I'll chew you guys up. How about that? I'll eat all the crow. Well, we're not going to be wrong because he's not going to make a difference immediately. If he's great in three years, I, I hope he is. But he's not going to be great in three years. years then... <laughs> okay, well, he'll play it in the dime next year. And, you know, we, we'll, we'll see how he does, won't we? Okay, uh, we will see. We'll see. Playing in the dime is not going to make an impact next year. And he'll probably start. He'll probably start a bunch, considering they don't know what they're going to do with Burnett and Davis. So who knows? Uh, the last thing Burnett's I want to say, Hunter, start is, for you. Uh, Burnett's going to start. Yeah, he probably will. Uh, he's the best. He's a top safety in the league. Yeah, he's he, yeah he, he's yeah. and then you have Sean Davis who. Um, you know, I, I like Davis, but, you know, he had a sophomore slump. So, you know, we'll see how he bounces back, too. I thought he had a really solid rookie season. Dave, do you have anything else you want to add to this? I, I just wanted to say that you didn't want to take Jackson Hunter because he's going to be a backup for two years, and that's what Edmonds is going to be. I, I, okay, he's going to see the field, but – in dime packs. He's not a bad So that means he's, he, he's seeing the field. That is, he's Lamar not going to start in the 3 4 format. He's not going to start in the 3 4 uh, base well, defense. If you're not on the field with the base defense, you're a backup. 
He's not. He's not a backup, but okay. Whatever. He he's not going to okay, make any starts right. unless there's injuries. He's not. He, he, he's unless someone's injured. What? He, he would come out for. He would no. He would come out. He would come out. I don't know what that. All right, guys. We got to move on. We want to get to the uh, uh, Penguins Capital Series real quick. I think we've taken this argument as far as we can take it. Um, and there's not much else I could say about this anymore. And Dave, I think we did our best. Uh, Hunter is very stubborn, and uh, <laughs> well, see, listeners, I, I, we'll see. I, I know, uh, I know, Steeler fans are mixed like Hunter and I are as well. So we want to hear from you, Steeler fans. We might not have time today. Uh, to get you on the air, but tweet at us at WKD Sports Huddle. We'll get your opinions on Facebook Live or on our show next week, and you can always call next week, uh, 516-387-1417. All right, we're going to go to our final break, and when we come back, we're going to slide over to the National Hockey League, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, and Washington Capitals. Einstein and New is Jennifer Millius' exciting new children's book series, about two black and white cats who are brother and sister and have great adventures. The first book, Einstein and the Leap, is all about playful Einstein. Suitable for children of all ages and cat lovers alike, Einstein and the Leap is a wonderfully written and illustrated book that will capture your heart. Buy your copy of Einstein and the Leap today at www.rsplaunchpad.com, Amazon, or Barnes & Noble Nook. All right, we're back on Weekend Sports Huddle. This is Tom Pollan along with Dave Holcomb, Hunter Hodes. Uh, this show is brought to you by, was brought to you by author Marcus Hockey. I'll learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe. That will guide you toward wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. And as Dave mentioned before the break, you want to leave your comments for us on Twitter, get us at WKD Sports Huddle. Or go to our Facebook page where Dave has been doing a lot of Facebook live posts. Um, look for us on the weekend sports huddle. Uh, give, give the show a like and join the conversation. Uh, Penguins Capitals, boy, just a very, very straight. You know, I don't know what to make of that first game. I'm not sure what you guys have to say. Hunter, <laughs> you can go ahead and start this one off. Uh, because it, it, it looks like the, the the Penguins are in the Capitals' heads now. They've been in the Capitals' heads for about a decade now, Tom. Uh, it's it, it, it almost just seems like I think Dave would agree here. <clears throat> uh, Steelers, Bengals. Um, the, the, the Steelers are in the Bengals' heads. They and the, the Penguins are in the Capitals' heads. And it was it was just so funny watching that game. Like, oh man, I was actually uh, flipping back and forth at times because I was um, focusing on the draft a little more. I know, yeah, me bad fan, right? Uh, <laughs> um, but I thought, I thought Washington, I thought they were the better team that game. But you know, what Pittsburgh always does, they found a way to win. Um, it looked like for a bit that Brayden Holpe looked um, just unbeatable, and that the Penguins weren't going to score on him. I actually thought when they went up two nothing, I'm like, I don't know if the Penguins are going to come back. But then again, you know, the Penguins did their thing. They scored three goals in less than five minutes. And that was peak Capitals hockey right there. They actually, and, and I meant, and I mean peak Capitals hockey because not only did they do that, they outshot them I think by like eighteen to eight in that period or something like that. And um, Matt Murray was just he answered the door very well. Um, I hope he keeps shutting his haters up because if if you hate Matt Murray, um, you can probably just get out of the Penguins fan base right now because you are a fool. But. Um, this was a game I think the Penguins, the Capitals had to have because, again, Malkin was not playing. Um, I think he's going to be playing in game two. He's skating with the team. They're, they practice today, so I think he's going to practice. So I think that was a devastating loss for them. But overall, at the beginning, I just had Penguins in seven, and, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep sticking with that because there's a long way to go, folks. Dave? Yeah, I agree with Hunter and and you as well, Tom. I said in my Facebook Live preview for the the, the series that I wanted to see how Game One goes and and kind of uh, get a better feeling for the series after Game One. Um, and I am more confused now after Game One than I was before the series <laughs> because 
The Penguins were sloppy in their own end for most of the game, especially early on, but they were good offensively. They created a lot of chances. They hit a bunch of posts early in the game. Uh, Hopi was great to keep it the, the Penguins uh, shut out through the first two periods. Uh, I thought the game was pretty even through the first 41 minutes, even though it was 2 nothing Capitals. And then the mm. Penguins go on this scoring barrage, and, and uh, it was really during that uh, scoring uh, streak for the Penguins that the Capitals took over the game. So the Capitals outshot the Penguins. It was 18-8. Uh, to in the third period, but the Penguins outscored them in the period three to one. So yep. lots of weird things happening in the game. Uh, the goal, both goalies were great. You're absolutely right, Hunter, that, that Matt Murray was fantastic. He's got to be more consistent though, but, but yeah, he, mm-hmm. he was great in game one and hope he was great until he wasn't. It's kind of the way I feel like he was fantastic. He made, uh, made great saves in the first and second period, got fortunate with a couple posts, and then he had a couple bad goals. I think the second and third goal he he could have stopped. So goalies are like pitchers. You know, you can have a, throw 100 pitches in a game, 99, 98 of them go exactly where you want, but the two that you throw right over the plate <laughs> are home runs. It ruins your, it ruins your night. And, and, and that's what Holpe kind of – that's what happened to him. On uh, on Thursday. Well, I'll tell you one of the things that was fun for me was watching uh, Alex Ovechkin trying to play defense on Sidney Crosby. Slacker, <laughs> I think that was on the first goal where, in just you know, I don't know how that pass got past Ovechkin, but uh, yeah, watching well, Ovechkin play goal. defense can be. A second goal. You know, watching him play defense can be uh, fairly entertaining. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I don't know how that puck went through his uh, skates or uh, over his stick. I, that was hilarious to me. Yeah, and I, I thought Holpe should have stopped that. It went right through his legs. He wasn't screened. Um, mm-hmm. Great shot by Crosby just to get it to the net. All, in all three cases, it really was just get pu- get the puck to the net. Two of them were deflections. Crosby's was a, a quick one-timer uh, a slap shot, kind of uh, abbreviated slap shot, I guess. And uh, it beat Holby between the legs. Um, and, and I think your point about Evgeny Malkin is, is great, Hunter. That uh, I don't, I'm not as confident that he's going to definitely play in game two as you are. I think, but the the Capitals have to seize the opportunity when he's not in the lineup. They have to win the games when he's not playing. And there's now a history where the Capitals couldn't win game four two years ago when Latang didn't play. Latang didn't mm-hmm. play at all in last year's series. Crosby missed game four last year. Capitals didn't win that game with Crosby and Latang out of the lineup, and they didn't win game one without Malkin. They have yeah. to win these games when, when the, the, the big stars for the Penguins are not playing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it, 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 it was mind-boggling. Yeah, you were – you brought up last year. I, I still can't believe to this day that they they actually won that game without Crosby and Latang. That's just it blows my mind. But yeah, they have they. I mean, tomorrow they have to win that game. Like I know they went down 0-2 to Columbus. You know, yeah, you beat Columbus four straight times. But you know, that's Columbus. You know, that's the Blue Jackets. And you know, they have Sergei Bobrovsky who. Um, who quite frankly didn't do much to his playoff reputation that series. If we're being completely honest, you know. <laughs> I wanted to see what he could do against someone that's not the Penguins, and he was 900, 900 on the dot. So, I mean, yeah, it's one thing to go down 0-2, come back and beat the Jackets, which, you know, I didn't think they would do, but, you know, kudos to them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you go down 0-2 again to the Penguins and you have to beat them either four in a row or four out of five times, and you're, you know, the next two games are in Pittsburgh where the Penguins are usually, usually almost unbeatable, that's, that's, that's it's a very tough. tough it's, it's very tough. Yeah, it's a. I would be a big hill to climb. I agree with you. Uh, the Penguins are not the Blue Jackets, and and, and that's why well, I felt I, like just gonna say that. Yeah. 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 That. That's why I felt like the, this might be a different Capitals team. That's why I wanted to see how Game One went because I felt like the Capitals got over a mental hurdle, came back down two zero. Responded to some adversity and pressure. They normally don't do that in the playoffs, um, mm-hmm. and they're going to have to. They're going to have to do that again in, in game two and perhaps game three if they fall behind two nothing. And and 
history is not on their side for responding against the Penguins. It's going to be tougher to respond against them than Columbus. I don't know the Capitals are a different team when they beat the Penguins in the seven-game series. Then I'll be like, okay, they slayed the Dragon. Now I think they're a bit different. But until that happens, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to say Pete Capitals because, you know, that that's what they've done <laughs> every almost every series against Pittsburgh. <laughs> All right, guys, we are out of time. Uh, boy, very fun show, a lot of great conversation, very heated. Um, I think better, very entertaining show. Uh, but unfortunately, again, out of time, uh, we will talk to you next week on Weekend Sports Huddle. Tom Holland with Hunter Hodes and Dave Holcomb. And we will talk to you next Saturday morning live on Air WRSP Blog Talk Radio at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week, everyone. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.